come on up. And Tim, um, after they shared, I mean, I just, I was a mess uh, right afterwards. And because we get a chance here to see the power of God at work. We get to see what happens when people pick up a cross and then when someone responds out of that. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Um, now, for those of you who haven't met Ramundo before, you're going to hear his story. But I just want to say what a great example you are, once again. I'll say it to these people, too. What a great example you are of courageous confession. Because here's a guy who three and a half years ago knew, knew he didn't know any English. And here he is now, getting up here in front of all you and sharing his story. I've been going to Mexico 25 years. I couldn't, three, I couldn't put together three sentences, you know. And here he's going to share his faith. So lots of encouraging looks, lots of encouraging attentive behavior. All right, we're good. In fact, maybe even do a little of that as we welcome up and we'll go. All right, go get them. It's a great day. I'm excited for, for you to hear yeah. part of this story. Um, if you weren't here last week, uh, Jill shared and lends itself perfectly, transitions itself perfectly to hear what Raimundo has to share today. Um, Jill talked about how God desires to use our life markers as part of his story, build his kingdom, make his name better known. It was two months ago or so, Emily and I, my wife, were sitting down, and what he's going to share today, we didn't even know all the pieces of it until two months ago. We knew some big picture stuff, but Raya shared some of the smaller details of his story. And I remember Em and I saying, God wants to use that in powerful ways. That's, that's his desire. And here we are two months later. Here we are. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think if, if you're like me, I think a lot of people, when they um, know of people from different cultures, backgrounds, they grew up in a different country, uh, they assume life must be so different than your own life because you grew up somewhere different. But, Ra, you actually explained that your life, your childhood was very normal. And so what do you, what do you mean by normal? Explain that to us. Uh, I, was, I was born in El Paso, but after that, my family and I moved to Juarez, and I lived there my entire life. I grew up there, and I lived with my mom, my dad, two brothers, and one sister. Uh, my mom had, had to stay at home, work at home. My dad has, he always had to work outside of the house, like really hard at his work. And life, life was good. It was support, it was love, it was good. So life is normal. That might sound like a lot of our childhoods, growing up in a loving home, feeling supported, going to school. Um, but then Ray, you, sh- you share that at age five, is kind of where things go bad. And so just explain kind of what happened at age five and, and how that affected you and your family. Uh, well, my, my dad, uh, he, he became addic- addicted to drugs. He, he, used, he used to do drugs every day. Every single day I had, I had to watch him doing drugs. One day, one day he took too many, too many that he died, he passed away. And 
the worst, the worst thing is I saw it when did it happen. Issues. So it was so bad. It was horrible. Then my mom got really depressed. She couldn't take take care of my brothers and I anymore. She just everything went to hell. Like everything went down. And so I started getting bad in school. Like bad grades, fights, punching the students, teachers, the principal. Everything was horrible. Uh, at my age of seven, I start I start using drugs like my dad. I got really depressed, and I start using drugs at my age of seven. And my brother, my brother and I used to sell drugs too. Then, you know, Ryan mentions that his mom doesn't because she's so depressed doesn't have that ability to really care for them in the same way. And so, Rai, you, you moved in with your grandpa and grandma, right? And what, and what happened there? Uh, my brothers and I moved to grandparents. We, be, we lived there two years and a half or something. But after that, both died. My grandparents died. And so we had to go back with my mom again. So just let that sink in for a minute. I mean, you you lose your dad. You watch him die. You lose your mom as far as being present for you. You lose your grandpa, your grandma. Uh, you're doing drugs at age seven, selling drugs around the same time, getting fights in school, getting kicked out of school, expelled from school, can't get into another school. I'm going to share with that in a minute. Everything is downhill. Right, you mentioned that at age 12, things start changing for the good a little bit. So what, what happened at age 12 um, that kind of helped turn things around a little bit? Um, at my age of 12, uh, I moved with my other grandpa. Everything was so different. Like My life kind of changed there. And so I lived there like half a year, half a year and a half. And he tried me to get in the school, but I couldn't. Like, don't. No, any other school let, letting me go in because of my behavior. And so everything was bad. Like, I mean, he was really mad and really sad because she's can't. But after that, uh, he met the students' home. He knew all the leaders of the students' home who works there. He talked to them, to the leaders. He shares about my story. And they, the leaders were really impressed about me. Like, they just impact about my story. And so I had the chance to go there. And so at age 12, then, he's at the children's home. You're at the children's home. And, and you mentioned that this is kind of the first time you're starting to learn about God and who he is and how he loves. Um, and this is the children's home that we partner in, Mariano Children's Home down in Juarez. And, and then you say, you know, things are starting to get better. Uh, but then um, something happens in middle school that, again, 
changes your life completely again. So what happened in middle school? Um, in middle school, which is outside, outside with the children's home, it's, it's nothing about connecting to the children's home. I met a, I met a friend, and he was a, a good friend of mine. And so he used to sell drugs, like, outside of the school. And so one day he came to me and he asked me to help him to do drugs, like to sell drugs after school. And I said yes, because I, I don't even know what I was going to do. And so yes, I told him, sure. And so we used to sell, we used to sell drugs like for two months outside the school every day, you know. And so, but uh, the, the leaders of the students home didn't know. It was between it was between him and, and me. So one day, we were, my friend and I were walking outside of the school. There is this there is this girl came up to us, and she's like she's she's freaking out. She's so freaking out. And, and she's like, hey, a man is waiting for you outside to kill you with a gun. As soon as, as, soon as, you, as, soon as you walk out, he's going to start shoot you, shoot you. In the... And so we were really impacted, like, oh, seriously? And so we were so scary, so we had to go inside again of the school and chill there, like, a long time. Um, the next day, uh, I I didn't I didn't see him. Like he should disappear or whatever. Like I I didn't I didn't see him anymore. Uh, three days three days three days after, I was walking outside of the school. My friend, other friend, came up to me. And he's like, hey, I, I hear your name. There is these guys waiting for you outside to kill you, to shine you in the face. As soon as you go outside, he, he's going to shine you in the face. And, and I was really confused. I was like, what's going on here? And so I had a, a so that was the good thing because, I mean, if he didn't, if he didn't tell me, I don't know what will happen. He was shot. He was shot me. And so I, I went inside. I went inside of the school. I got, I called somebody. Of the students home to come and pick me up. When I went back to the students home, I told the leaders what was going on. What was going on? And so they they were really wor- worried. Like they were really surprised that they didn't know what was going on. And so I couldn't, I, I was in really in really dangerous situation, like really bad because my life was there. My life wasn't dangerous. And so I hadn't, I had to stay at the children's home like for two months inside. I couldn't, I, I couldn't stay outside. Because they were, they they knew where I was. 
And so, when Wendy, which is kind of the leader, the leader of the children's home, she started talking with Chris, with him, all all the leaders from East, from East, from East. And so, that's how I, that's how I got here. That's impressive, sharing a story like that in English, huh? Um, it's been a quite the two and a half years. And if, if you know Rai at all, um, if you don't, I encourage you to get to know him. Um, but if you do know him, you've been with him in, in quite the transition. I mean, you, you hear the, the life of transition that he's already lived. And then he comes up here and he's got to learn a new language, which he's done very well in two and a half years. New culture, snow, new, f- <laughs> new family, new friends, new church, new school, new everything. And it's been, you know, we've had some ups and downs. There's been hard things, but good things. And, and kind of the closing question I just want to ask, you know, you, you've kind of mentioned at, at the beginning at the children's home, you started to discover who God was a little bit. And over the past couple of years, just as a kind of a close what have you kind of discovered about who God is or what have you been learning about God um, over the last, last couple of years? Well, uh, well, when I, when I used, like, when I was at my childhood, I didn't really know anything about God. I don't know who was, was him really. But as soon as my life started to change, he took, he, he took me in a big pray, pray place, and he just changed my life in the small, the small way, in a big way, you know. And I'm, I'm really proud of him, and I know who, I know now who, he, who is he, and I'm just proud of him who is. This is the, the foolishness of God at work, right? This, this life that seems like it's so foolish. Like, why would you follow the cross? Why would you follow the teachings? All that kind of stuff. There were some people in Juarez, and boy, for those of you who know the people who lead this children's home, they've picked up crosses, and they continue to pick up crosses because of the cross that, that Jesus picked up for them. And these people have sacrificed so much, and they've stood out in such a way where your grandpa saw something in those people and said, maybe they can help. And then there were other churches, you know, that have come alongside that home throughout the year and individuals who've said, boy, how, how can we not do what Jesus said to do to care for widows and orphans? And they've come alongside. And I remember, whatever, a couple, two and a half years ago, three years ago, standing right about there when we used to have the room flipped this way and coming to you guys with fear and trembling, saying, all right, here's the deal. I got this phone call. And if we're in, we're in. Were some of you there that day? Some of you remember? All right, look at that. You know, if we're in, we're in. This is not a, we'll give it a try. You know, and, and you were willing to say, okay. And then Anderson's willing to say, yep, we'll, we'll take him right into our home. But none of that matters if Ramundo doesn't say yes to God. And if Ramundo doesn't say, no, I want, to, I want to just live the life that everyone else is living. You know, I want to live the life that the dealers are living, at least the one that it looks like they live on TV. 
But he says yes to God. And that's what we celebrate today. This foolishness of God that changes lives.